It is the Groove Cafe right here on RX Radio, and I am Crystal. Always excited to hear from my guests and hear their stories. Today, I have a writer, photographer, and journalist joining me, currently working with a new vision. He is passionate about the law, policies, tourism, and conservation, a travel addict in many ways. If you go to his social media, you will feel it. And he's also the general secretary of the Entebbe Journalists Association and co owner of a number of news websites. I have Julius. Luemba joining me on the Groove Cafe. Hello. Hello. How are you? Great. How are you? I am fine. Thank you. Ah, do you love what you do? Absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't have been doing it. Mm-hmm. I feel like just looking at your, you know, your work, I feel it right there. I'm like, this person is lucky. He's enjoying life. <laughs> sometimes we have to create our only luck okay so julius tell me about you uh are you ugandan let's start there of course Uh i'm a muganda born and bred Uh, yes Mm -hmm. where did you go to school uh, okay, somewhere in PG, not so far away, of course, mm-hmm. from Kampala. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my primary and secondary in university, then, yeah. Okay. Uh, I started university when I was already doing journalism in okay. Red Pepper. With Red Pepper at the time? Yeah. Did you start as a writer or a photographer? What got you first? Both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you need to take I, me I take me to that. How? Okay, I, I think uh, I think I was a writer. I was a journalist way back in school. Mm-hmm. Because we used to have the writers club, the debating club. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was in senior three, I was the chief editor for our our weekly paper. It was called the weekly excavator. Oh, okay. We used to excavate news. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so uh, since senior three, senior four, senior five, up to senior six, I was doing that. Okay. I was leading a team of people who were gathering news around the campus, around the country somehow, mm-hmm. and international news as well. Okay. It was very interesting and fun. So it was not really a surprise that I went for this. Oh, because you clearly started early. Was that paying you in any way or was it purely for the passion? Passion. Mm-hmm. So when did you passion. first start to earn? Like when were you first paid as a journalist? 2014. Hey, you even remember the year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 2014 maybe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, payment can come in different ways. During my school work, it, I could not maybe have earned money, mm-hmm. but somehow I could get some I don't know, some costs waved off, cut a say of what I was doing. Oh, brilliant. Okay. So, yeah, sometimes you, maybe you could earn yourself a meal for one term, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Okay, okay. So this passion in many ways for capturing moments and telling stories, where do you think it comes from? Is there anyone else in your family who's a storyteller? No. Mm, it's just you. I believe so. I think it comes with maybe too much freedom. Okay, you were given a lot well, of freedom. I uh, and a lot of freedom. <laughs> Explain. 
<laughs> Explain that. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, when, when of course, when I lost my dad uh, in 2000, I was in like P3. Okay. Then uh, I remained with my mom and she was just a peasant lady. Mm-hmm. Somehow I had to make ends meet on my side okay. without having to pressurize her. My child, she had not... I mean, dropped her responsibility. Mm-hmm. She could provide here and there. Mm-hmm. But also, I could not wake up one day and like, hey, mom, where's food? Mm-hmm. Well, knowing I, I haven't been to the garden. I had to find means of maybe going to the garden, do this for myself mm-hmm. and maybe for her, mm-hmm. things like that. I had much freedom to do that. Okay. I was granted the freedom because I also was living up to... Uh, some responsibilities mm-hmm. for myself. Yes, that freedom came with responsibility. Absolutely. Okay. You know, every every privilege has to come with the responsibility. Mm. Thank you for that reminder. So you mm. carried that attitude into school. Now it all starts to make sense. Yes. Throughout my life, I mean, that's it. If I'm somewhere I'm not feeling free, mm-hmm. uh, I don't care how much you're paying me. I'll simply live. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay, so you found a way to do the things that, you know, give back to you. Um, when yes, did you yes. first start to feel that? Uh, was it your first job with Red Pepper? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you also had the freedom there? Uh, yeah, I had the freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, for this freedom came in a different way. Okay. Because Red Pepper is a tabloid. Mm-hmm. We, we were not so much used to this kind of news stuff, maybe in our country, mm-hmm. writing sensational articles, things mm-hmm. about jokes, sex, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then here yeah, you go to the paper and these guys are like, uh, they act like they are free to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was interesting on my side anyway, okay. much as it was shocking in one way or the other. I know for many but, people on the outside, they're like, hey. My goodness, I can only imagine what it was like when you were the one in there working. Well, you could not introduce yourself as a, a reporter for a paper <laughs> at any function. You just had to act like you're a spy. I mean, every article you had to you had to act like you're a spy to get it. Uh-huh. Yeah, things like that. Did that get you in trouble? Obviously, several times. <laughs> but... <laughs> But those are some of the experiences I look back at and feel like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. I, I'm happy I went through this. Okay. Things like that. Okay. So when did you start working with the New Vision? Or did you start freelancing? Uh, uh, recently, 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when I joined New Vision. Okay. Yeah. Now, one of the things that's very, very clear is your love for reading. That much I see. Uh, you're a member of Growth Lane, which is a book club. Where is that? In Entebbe? Yeah. Uh-huh. It was started by people who, I mean, I think during lockdown, that's when they intensified the efforts. Because <laughs> I think people, people were somewhat bored, but I wasn't. Okay. Uh, because I was a journalist, so I would move freely. Mm-hmm. But then some people were, were felt like starting up something. They could maybe meet online and discuss a particular book. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, what we do, we prioritize books written by Ugandans. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we, we meet maybe, we meet every last Saturday of the month. Mm-hmm. So we review a book and oftentimes we invite the author in case they are around. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we talk about it. We fire questions here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's interesting. I love it. 
Okay. Um, I see that you're co-owner for some news websites, meaning you went online. How far back was this? Well, uh, remember the the news story, uh, sorry, the newspaper I told you about, the school newspaper, it was called the Weekly Excavator. Mm -hmm. So when I was, I mean, through this journalism, you realize, hey, this freedom that I usually love, Mm -hmm. I wanted to have a site where I could publish anything Mm -hmm. without censorship. So I brought the idea to our colleagues under the association mm. and told them, hey, can we start up a news website? And that was my first suggestion, the name, the News Excavator. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's currently offline because it is undergoing an overhaul. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it has been there, I think, since 2019. Wow. Okay. There was a big push for a lot of people to go online in the last few years. I think we saw that. As someone who is working both in the print media and you have an online presence, um, I think the balance is very important in journalism moving forward. What do you think? Uh, Stressing one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Of course, but the social media tends to drive the print media at a very terrific speed. That's the but, thing, right? <laughs> but somehow, the print media still outstands, in mm-hmm. my view. Because you have the uh, facts standard. and all the information and the Absolutely. time to do all the research. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Compared to the, I mean, the online stuff, you, you're rushing to break a story. Sometimes it's false. Uh, but because you're trying to generate this traffic and all that. Also, we are having so many people on social media and online who are now organized in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're competing with so many journalists out there, mm-hmm. and also, uh, I mean, social media people have a variety of things to choose about. I mean, mm. someone may simply bypass your article because they are maybe rushing to watch their blue move, <laughs> or, <laughs> or wow. something else. <laughs> I mean, uh, social media have to be captivating. Mm. You have to be an attention whore. And, you Mm -hmm. know, you have to seek for that attention from everyone. Mm. It is stressing, uh, yeah, compared to the print. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the end of the day, what I've realized, the real market still lies in print. Okay. For those people who are willing to give in their time and read Mm -hmm. an article for, I mean, several minutes or some hours. Mm -hmm. It's from those people that you can get the real money or i mean in case you're seeking for adverts social media and online media mm-hmm. ooh, everyone i mean chop chop through it <laughs> you have to just throw a lot of pictures around to attract the attention <laughs> you have to go with so or, visual huh? or something sensational to have them you know and you also have this audience which doesn't really want to read we know that mm-hmm. We're seeing more and more of that today. People don't actually want to read. They want one paragraph and it's supposed to have everything. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, Julius, your journey as a photographer, one of the things I've learned is photography takes time. Someone may have the eye, but, you know, it's a skill that you continue to develop over time. When did you first pick up a camera? I mean, from the very first time I started working in red paper, oh, even before, mm-hmm. at least I could have a camera here and there. Okay. Uh, not really for that I was so passionate about photography, but mm-hmm. I felt I needed to capture a moment to back up my story or narrative. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So I can't say I'm into real professional photography, mm-hmm. but I believe I can take 
ah, some average good photos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so it's a continuous process, like you've said. Mm-hmm. Uh, during these trips that I go to, sometimes I meet up with some good photographers mm-hmm. and they show you around, you know, you can take this, you can take that. Okay. Something like that. Okay, so one of the things I think I, I've also seen from maybe just your social media is you're kind of an environmental journalist as well. Um, you're into yeah. tourism and conservation. And I think that has also led to you, you know, being shortlisted for a number of awards. Can you tell me a bit about that journey? The conservation, mm. or I mean, you can't talk about tourism in Uganda and Africa in particular without talking about conservation. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those two tend to move in handy. Mm-hmm. But in 2017, I made Lily Ajanova. Mm-hmm the current CEO UTB. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By then, she was the executive director for Ngamba Island. Okay. Which has over now 52 chimpanzees. Mm-hmm. So, somehow we met. Uh, I mean, it was a mysterious meeting, but somehow we met. Then we started giving coverage here and there. We started sharing ideas, mm-hmm. making trips. I mean, I mean. So, the time was for Ngamba Island. The yeah. chimpanzee sanctuary? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's when I picked more passion into this conservation bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, you know, you can realize that the story is I first wrote a, a tourism story, a, a very good tourism story, I believe. It was about the chimpanzee politics at Ngama Island. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I went there and they were telling me, you know, that is the alpha male, is the king. So I was like, okay, how do they cast their votes? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's always a big campaign. It, it was a very interesting story. Oh, to fascinating. Huh? So you spent quite a bit of time been, there. Yeah, all the times I've been there, I don't know, now countless times, mm. I realize something new about these chimpanzees every time I'm there. Mm. And it's true that we really share this, this DNA 98.7 percent mm-hmm. of the human DNA is same as that of the chimpanzee. Mm-hmm. I mean, on what they do, whatever they do, their politics. Then I went back and also they told me about two chimpanzees that they don't want to mingle with the others. Mm-hmm. And some of the reasons the, the caretaker gave me was like, ah, those ones are defiant chimpanzees. You know, they lost out in the other elections. So now they... <laughs> <laughs> it was very interesting to learn uh, about wow. all these stories. Uh-huh. So you realize that, hey, I need to see or to learn more about these animals. Mm. Um, and yet they are getting extinct or things like that. So maybe we need to conserve where they are staying so that we could have much more to learn about mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And recently when I was with Howard Terency, mm-hmm. when I was uh, tracking chimpanzees in Chibali, he made a comment, which in my view was right in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Because when he was told about the DNA percentage that we share with the chimps, the 98.7, mm. he was like, maybe uh, it's it's the humans who are struggling to reach the DNA of the chimpanzee. <laughs> so maybe they're way more intelligent than us. Huh? So for him, it was like the chimpanzees are having their DNA 100% and the humans are those that are having 98.7% of the... Or giving his reasons and justification that, hey, look, 
in these animals don't look into the mirror don't apply makeup don't don't alter their <laughs> their whatever <laughs> they are still original they're so, comfortable <laughs> with exactly who they are exactly so it's oh, way what what is your dna so, <laughs> so i mean the conservation journey has been interesting because mm-hmm. you can't talk about tourism which i love and travel mm-hmm. without talking about conservation we don't have skyscrapers in uganda <laughs> that we are going to attract so many tourists uh-huh. to go to is Mm-hmm. So we certainly have to attract them to see our wildlife, the flora, fauna, and everything in that regard. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it, always interesting to be out there in the wild. It is even just the fresh air, the feeling of freedom that you get. Absolutely. Mm, away from the city, the noise, the the, <laughs> the cars, the borders, all of that. Yeah. So Julius, I mean you were talking about you know how fascinating this is for you and one of the things we've been really trying to push the last few years is domestic tourism to get people fascinated in these things that we have here. You have people jumping on planes flying thousands of miles to come and see what we have. Do you think as Ugandans we are starting to appreciate what we have? Uh absolutely, especially uh during the COVID-19 lockdown. Mhm. Uh, so many Ugandans were able to travel, maybe mm-hmm. because maybe they were they were so tired of the indoors and things <laughs> like that. <laughs> they were fatigued, yes. so they wanted to travel. And two, also these, uh, you know, the most expensive thing about our tourism is the accommodation facilities, mm-hmm. justifiable anyway. Yes. So Ugandans earlier or before were not interested in traveling because they thought it was very expensive mm. until during that lockdown when they could no longer even travel to the shop mm-hmm. so they realized hey next time someone gives you freedom to move use it <laughs> so they so whenever they could get chance they could jump onto the tracks here and there and move mm-hmm. up country mm-hmm. and these facilities had, had also subsidized on the cost of their services in yes. one way or the other because they had no international tourists so yeah somehow it was a win-win was and a mm-hmm. for a Ugandan who had just traveled for that first time whatever they saw intrigued them to travel further mm-hmm. more and more exactly because they felt like it was interesting mm-hmm. it was nice the only challenge you are having uh, currently we have the Ugandan vibe you know sometimes <laughs> we want to move with all our loud speakers the JBL boombox <laughs> Uh, uh, then these guys enter into the park and start boom back <laughs> chasing away the animals <laughs> no i like that you're saying that because i saw that recently a big group of people went to a very quiet nice place there was a watering hole you know that you could look at and then they started boom 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 of course the animals <laughs> took off <laughs> Uh, we have a lot to yeah, learn. That's the challenge, <laughs> but, they, but at least that's a step that now they are appreciating mm-hmm. that we have something good out there in the wild. Mm-hmm. So we are now taking the discussion to, hey guys, can we maybe use the the silent disco I hear about? Uh-huh. Yeah, things like that. So they are, I mean, gradually adopting, which mm-hmm. is very interesting. But they are. Really trying to appreciate now. Okay, all right. So, um, as a journalist, because you said you know you don't really look at yourself maybe as a photographer so much, but it's something that you do and you you are still doing. Um, to add to uh, being a writer and a journalist, how would you describe yourself? Hmm? I'm listening to you. You're saying you you know your love of tourism, travel. How would you describe yourself, Julius? 
not not so enough words that can describe myself. Mm. Uh, but I believe, well as um, a travel enthusiast and yeah, I love tourism and all that. Mm. I do it, like I said, as a passion. But mm-hmm. more especially, I love advocating for human rights. Okay. Fundamental human rights. Mm-hmm. I'm a student, everyday student of the law and mm-hmm. policies. Mm-hmm. If there are stories that I really, really love to cover, those are court stories, by the way. Okay. Yeah, because I want to see how is this moving. Maybe in the near future, of course, I'll have to enroll mm-hmm. for a law course. Oh, yeah, that's sure. something you're looking at. Huh? Because it's something I wanted to. Did you do journalism? Yes, uh, because you, to me it mm-hmm. was quite cheaper than the law. But you had wanted him, to do law. Yeah, from high school. Ah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's never but, too late. No, 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 it's not. Uh, like I had to pay school fees for myself, so I had to find. I mean, what is the alternative now? Mm-hmm. Let me go for something which I'm so passionate about as of now and mm-hmm. quite cheaper, mm-hmm. as I gear up for something expensive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I still have hopes of pursuing law. Okay, student for life. Clearly, student yeah. for life. <laughs> Absolutely. If there's anything I always spend on, it should always or to always be knowledge. Anything where I'm, I'm hoping to learn, I'll go for it. Not only in schools, because these travels I do, they are not only for fun but also to learn. Mm-hmm. Like going out there, my trip is incomplete if I don't visit a community out there. Mm-hmm. the rules and things like that because I want to learn I want to understand so to me yeah that's it those are uh, the things it, that are important to you <laughs> so I love I love advocating for human rights fundamental mm-hmm. human rights mm-hmm. I can uh, yeah I can advocate for your rights whether you invite me or not <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can protect you against yourself as long as you're doing something that violates your own rights <laughs> Ooh, okay, that's a powerful statement, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, that's me. That's the best way I can describe myself. I can move out of my way. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be appreciated. I don't need to be invited. As long as it's about someone's rights, I feel like, oh, no, this is bad. This is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Julius, thank you so much for joining me on the Groove Cafe. Thank you so much for reaching out to me and considering me this time. Oh, this is a fun conversation. Tell me for everyone listening in, how can we get in touch with you? Where would we find you online? Oh, yeah, I have my Facebook account. Mm-hmm. Like I said, not so much into social media. My Facebook account is Luemba John Saw Julius. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then Twitter at Luemba underscore Julius. Mm-hmm. Then what else do I have? <laughs> <laughs> You've just had a moment. Huh? You're like, huh? Where do they find me? <laughs> <laughs> then uh, of course my my phone numbers are there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People mm-hmm. can uh, anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm I usually sit in Entebbe. Okay. Yeah, we have an office here in Entebbe. An office in Entebbe. Okay. In case I'm not traveling, I'm in office in Entebbe. Ah. Editing some work here and there, reading this and that, writing this article. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again for joining me. Thanks a lot uh, for giving me this opportunity. Hoping <laughs> to catch up next time. My pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Thanks. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Groove Cafe.